Jack Lemon's got two words for you. Marilyn Monroe and Betty Grable are BFFs, and Jane Russell puts out 100 fleeces. It's my 50th episode special of Vanguard of Hollywood. I'm Shannon, and thank you for listening to my 50th episode special of Vanguard of Hollywood. To commemorate the occasion, I decided to do something a little different with this episode. I frequently get emails with questions from listeners to the podcast about stars I've highlighted in the past and other stars that I haven't yet focused on. And rather than answer these questions through email, I thought I'd answer them today on the podcast. So, Here we go. My first question comes from Brad in Cincinnati. Brad wants to know about my process behind the creation of each episode of Vanguard of Hollywood. Well, Brad, the short answer is that a gentlewoman never tells. But I can tell you that a part of my pre-recording process is inspired by none other than Jack Lemmon. If you remember from my very first episode about Some Like It Hot... Tony Curtis once shared that he almost lost his mind behind the scenes of the film, thanks to Marilyn Monroe's inability to get her lines right in less than 47 takes, and Jack Lemmon's consistent chanting of magic time, magic time, before he stepped in front of the camera. Well, Lemmon's magic time mantra intrigued me, and it took me down a separate rabbit hole of research, and what I found was this was actually his thing. From the start to the end of his film career, Jack Lemmon would always say magic time to psych himself up before filming. Whatever the scene called for, Jack was able to deliver after chanting magic time. Well, it worked so well for Jack Lemmon that I decided to adapt the mantra for myself. So before recording my very first episode on Some Like It Hot to my latest episode on The African Queen, I always begin each of my recording sessions of Vanguard of Hollywood with Jack Lemmon's favorite words. My next question comes from Anna in London. Anna says, I'd really like to hear more about Marilyn Monroe in your episodes. She's one of my favorite stars, but you haven't yet done a full podcast on her. You're so right, Anna, and focusing more on Marilyn in the future is something I'm really looking forward to. She's one of my favorites as well, And I think that other than Some Like It Hot and Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, Marilyn really hasn't made much of an appearance on my podcast. So, here's one of my favorite Marilyn stories from the set of 1953's How to Marry a Millionaire, which I'm sure most of us have seen. A quick recap on the film, this comedy stars Marilyn, Betty Grable, and Lauren Bacall as three models in New York City trying to snag millionaire husbands. Now, Lauren Bacall had been a superstar since starring opposite Humphrey Bogart in To Have and Have Not in 1944, and Betty Grable was the reigning box office queen at 20th Century Fox, while Marilyn had just proved her own superstar material with her flawless look and performance in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. 
With so much female talent on the film, the press tried to encourage the idea that behind the scenes of How to Marry a Millionaire, it was just one big catfight. But the truth was that all three actresses not only got along, they became good friends, particularly Betty Grable and Marilyn, which was ironic because the heads of Fox were making no secret of the fact that they were grooming Marilyn to replace the older Betty Grable as their big important star. Betty Grable was aware of this and was ready to step down gracefully, and she reportedly told Marilyn something along the lines of, I've had my turn, it's your turn now. Pretty big of Betty Grable, isn't it? But it was easy for Betty to be so gracious because Marilyn had been such a good friend to her. One day during filming, Betty got a call from her younger daughter's school. Her daughter had had a fall, and even though it ended up not being that big of a deal and her daughter wasn't injured, Betty left the studio in a hurry, and it was kind of a dramatic exit. Betty ended up spending the rest of the day caring for her daughter and didn't go back to the set. And she didn't really expect to hear from anyone at the studio who had seen her rapid departure and knew about her daughter's fall. But she did hear from one person. One person on the set, out of the whole cast and crew, had worried about Betty and her daughter all day. And this person called Betty that night. It was Marilyn. She called to check in and make sure that Betty and her daughter were okay. I think it's just such a thoughtful action that really speaks to the sweetness of Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn's kind heart set her apart from the other actresses of her era, and it's certainly one of the big reasons why we all love her. Okay, my last question for the day comes from Dina in Arizona. Dina says, I really enjoyed your series on Jane Russell. I had no idea that such a sexy star as Jane was so religious. Any more insights to this unexpected side of her? Well, Dina, I think a big reason why religion remained such an important facet of Jane's life was partly the result of having adults in her youth who made religion fun. And I've got a little shared anecdote straight from Jane that underscores this. Jane talked about how some of her favorite memories from growing up were listening to her grandfather, her mom's dad, tell her and the other grandkids stories from the Bible. But these weren't just your average run-of-the-mill Sunday school retellings. And I think anyone, regardless of differing levels of familiarity with the Bible, can appreciate the imagery Jane paints of one such story time with her grandpa. Paraphrasing can't do Jane's own words justice, so I'm going to directly quote her. Quote, Grandpa was a marvelous storyteller who didn't give a damn about propriety. He was his own man. We can all remember him acting out Bible stories like a real jackass, and we'd laugh until we cried. When he told us the Midianites got hemorrhoids as punishment from God for stealing the ark, they really got hemorrhoids. He would jump up and down, grab his fanny, and scream, Oh God, they hurt, they hurt! Every Bible character came to life and we all knew them intimately. David, Goliath, Samuel, Saul, Jezebel, Gideon, and his fleece. I've put out about a hundred fleeces in my time, and the Lord has always honored them. Unquote. Now, that's a story time I'd love to have witnessed. With a grandpa bringing Bible stories to life like that, it's no wonder that Jane's faith remained the core of her life, 
even during the height of her stardom. Well, thank you for joining me today. That wraps up my Vanguard of Hollywood 50th episode special. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. And for delicious recipes and all things classic Hollywood, visit my website, vanguardofhollywood.com. And don't forget to join me next time for all about Guess Who's Coming to Dinner and our last week with Katherine Hepburn. <laughs>